Welcome to the podcast of tech.eu. This is our episode number 136, recorded on September 23rd, 2019. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a minute to leave us a review. This will help others find the show. Today we will talk about Apple's fight against the general court, about France's 5 billion euro commitment for startups, flying water taxis, Uber, and much more. We'll also run a conversation with Johan Plenge, the CEO and founder at Tattoo in Copenhagen. I am your host, Andrew Degelor, but sadly, I am not joined today by our research lead, Natalie Novik, because she is at a conference in Italy while I'm visiting my family in Ukraine, and we just couldn't find a good time for both of us to record this episode. Nevertheless, though, we will hear Natalie's voice later today, as she did record her segments uh, of news and recommendations separately. So let's dive straight in to the news stories from the past week. And I was going to talk today about Apple. And uh, Apple, as we know, is appealing to Europe's second highest court, and that would be the general court, to overturn the European Commission's ruling of 2016. And back then, uh, the Commission said that Apple has to pay 13 billion euros to Ireland in back taxes. Now Apple says that the Commission's decision, I quote, defies reality and common sense, and of quote, and Ireland supports the company as well. It was the Irish tax authorities that made two rulings almost 30 years ago that artificially reduced Apple's tax burden. Also, for example, uh, Luxembourg uh, of all countries supports Ireland in this uh, court fight because uh, the country also was told in a similar way to recover millions of euros from Amazon, Angie, and Fiat. But let's get back to Apple. According to the report by Reuters, uh, commission lawyer Richard Lyle said that Ireland had failed to examine the functions performed by Apple's Irish units, the risks assumed, and the assets used by the subsidiaries. Uh, here is a direct quote uh, from Lyle. Uh, the quote begins, They simply accepted an arbitrary method proposed by the Apple Ireland subsidiaries. This in itself gives rise to a presumption of a special deal, exceptionally advantageous treatment. It is clear that the tax authorities made no assessment in 1991. The quote ends. So general court will make a ruling within the next few months, but then the losing party will most probably appear to the EU Court of Justice, and that will be the highest possible court of the European Union. And the final decision, according to the reports by the media, may take another few years. Uh, here is more uh, from uh, Bloomberg. Uh, I will quote, the first hints of how the case may turn out will come from a pair of rulings scheduled for September 24th. The general court will rule on whether the EU was right to demand unpaid taxes from Starbucks and Fiat Chrysler. Uh, those judgments could set an important precedent on how far the European Union can question tax decisions national governments make on how companies should be treated. The quote ends. So I am recording this podcast on September 24th, so we already know the decision. But they are inconclusive. Uh, Starbucks has won its appeal today against a demand by the European Union to pay up to 30 million euros in back taxes to the Netherlands. However, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles lost its appeal and will have to pay back a similar amount of levies to Luxembourg, unless, of course, it also appeals to the Court of Justice, which it most probably will. So there is still no conclusive evidence uh, how these things will uh, work out, but I do believe that uh, uh, the competition commissioner, 
McGrady, uh, Vestager uh, will do all she could to get those money uh, from Apple uh, to Ireland. Now, it is a uh, time for Natalie to talk, talk about France and the newest announcement uh, coming from the uh, French government. Uh, so, Natalie, the floor is yours. Hi, everyone. Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are. It's me, Natalie Novik, the research lead at tech.eu. And this week, I'm coming to you live from the Techstar Summit in Torino, Italy, where I've been talking ecosystems and connecting with so many incredible community builders from Europe and beyond. Unfortunately, given the schedule, Andre and I couldn't record this episode together, but I wanted to share my take on some of the biggest news from the last week. Although I'm in Italy, I'm taking you to Paris, where they hosted their yearly France Digital Day. The night before the event, French President Emmanuel Macron announced a new 5 billion euro plan to help propel the future of the French tech ecosystem. This was something we alluded to in our live podcast that we recorded at Tech Barbecue in Copenhagen, which will come out this Friday. I know some of you are waiting for it. It's coming out soon, I promise. But it's worthy of a more in-depth conversation. This plan represents one of the most ambitious policy initiatives Europe-wide focusing on the digital sector, and it's positioned to be a domestic policy that other European governments will be sure to look to when it comes to building a more competitive and secure landscape for their homegrown startups. To be fair, European countries have been looking to France for leadership in the digital sector for a long time. Over the last 15 years or so, and the past three presidents, the country has sought to remove barriers for building high-growth companies and create supportive infrastructure for existing firms. Some of the outcomes of this have been the French Tech Ticket, which is one of the world's most expansive startup visa programs, complete with seed funding and a concierge that helps companies new to France navigate the system. Another initiative saw the creation of La French Tech, the worldwide organization that promotes community building, brand, and outreach activities on behalf of French startups, no matter where they reside. They also throw great parties, so if you're ever in a city where there is one, you see one of these on the calendar, make sure you attend. Emmanuel Macron came to office three years ago with a very open approach to the tech industry, he is a regular speaker at conferences like Bivatech and France Digital Day since the early days of his presidency. Startups and technology have always been a hallmark of his presidency, something that he is, quote, very focused on, end quote. He led efforts earlier this year with a digital tax for big international tech companies operating in France to encourage them to pay their fair share. But largely, Macron's tech policies have been the continuation of the work done by his predecessors. So the initiative that was announced this week at France Digital Day stands out for its scope and breadth. So here's a little rundown of its auspices. First, this new funding is targeted primarily at later stage companies. So those that are in the scale-up phase. Government has worked with institutional investors to commit 5 billion euros into late-stage venture capital and asset man managers. 2 billion euros of this will go into late-stage funds, and 3 billion of it will go towards funds managed by asset managers specialized in publicly listed tech companies. At the early stage, branch companies have really stood out, garnering increasing amounts of investment and receiving the highest number of deals last year in Europe. So the Countries thought it was high time to be focusing on later stage companies as the early stage funding is becoming quite promising. Alongside this new raft of funding, the government is closely looking at the barriers that might prevent French startups from raising 
100 million dollar funding rounds in France and becoming a unicorn or eventually going public. Macron has mentioned that he wants to see 25 French unicorn companies by 2025. So there are a few other initiatives in the works. The first of these is increasing the amount of international investment into French companies. That's why France has invited around 40 partners of venture capital firms and limited partners from around the world to meet key people in the French ecosystem, as well as promising startups. This outreach has been ongoing and will continue and help share the ecosystem with outsiders. Another announcement was the effort to increase the impact of La French Tech. Now, each overseas and domestic French ministry and administration will have a French tech correspondent. With estimated staffing coming to nearly 150 people at all roles in the French government, working for French startups, La French Tech will then seek to identify some of the country's top performing companies, which will then receive access to a new fast track administrative system. So they'll receive an administrator to help them navigate whatever needs they might have. For example, they want to acquire prototyping materials from abroad, the representative will ensure that those can be acquired with a minimum amount of import headache and administrative freedom. What the program does is elevate the work of France's startups and technology companies with a unique showcase policy, and one that is specifically targeted at the needs of later stage companies, something few policies in Europe and beyond, for that matter, have sought to address quite this comprehensively. This policy won't be for everyone, and it is dividing some critiques that it is supporting some types of companies over others. But in Europe, you really have to admire the French for their really bold and innovative ideas in this space. They're aware of the challenges that continue to exist for companies at all stages in tech, and they are hyper-focused on improving their fortunes. It will be interesting to see how this plays out in practice, but in the meantime, there's a continued enthusiasm and excitement over this policy, so it'll be great to see what happens. So I'm really looking forward to that. Natalie, thanks a lot uh, for uh, sharing this. And now it is time to run our interview of the day, and it is a conversation with Johan Plenge, the CEO and founder at Tattoo, which I recorded in uh, Copenhagen a few weeks ago. This is a very interesting company. Let's listen to uh, this together, and uh, we will be back in a minute with uh, books and stories recommendations. <music> Hello, uh, this is Andrew Degler reporting today uh, from Copenhagen, and uh, I have a chance to catch up with uh, uh, Johan Plench at the office of uh, Tattoo, a Copenhagen uh, startup that has recently raised $5.3 million. Hey, Johan, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk today. Thank you for coming by. So it's a really impressive office, I have to say. It has the uh, tattoo art, tattoo-related art, let's put it this way, all over the place. And most of the people have at least one tattoo around here. So can you start by uh, telling uh, in a sort of a brief way what Tattoo is and uh, how did you actually come around uh, founding it? Tattoo is the world's largest tattoo community. We help people find the right tattoo artist for their project, which is also how it started. Started after in 2012, uh, after I, I spent uh, probably a year getting my first tattoo because I didn't know what artist uh, I wanted. And I went online and was just surprised about that there wasn't any good site with all the information that you kind of need. 
So it took a year for me. And after that, I was like, there really should be a service that can uh, help guide you to get the first two. It's a big decision. It's permanent. So you don't want to... You added you added quite some more since then, I can see. Yes, so uh, <laughs> that is actually something that we see also in our data that uh, people tend to get very addicted. Uh, I think it's it's quite common that a lot of people they spend a lot of time with the first one, but then the barrier for the next ones is is not as high because now you already committed and right. uh, and what we see it it becomes a lifestyle. So it's okay. it's even like a culture and uh, yeah. So, and what did you do before that? Before that, um, I did uh, different startups as well. Started with my first company when I was 22 with my older brother. And then we've done uh, a, a lot of different stuff from e-commerce to uh, more digital marketing and different companies. Right. And uh, so, so what's your uh, sort of, uh, what are you responsible for at uh, the company? I mean, you're the CEO, but still. Yeah, basically from overseeing, yeah, most of it, it's, it's, I think my real strength is probably in, in the product and, and kind of the DNA of Tutudu. And then I think also as an entrepreneur, you just need to have that drive where you can get people, uh, with you. That's probably how something that I can contribute to is to, to get the, the people excited, uh, about our vision and, and get everybody to work in the same direction. And, uh, then, uh, when you decided to, uh, found, uh, the company, did you, uh, when and where did you meet your co-founder? Did you know him by that time? Yes. I worked for my co-founder. We have three co-founders. Right. Uh, so once I uh, kind of set my mind that I wanted to pursue this uh, this idea, I reached out to my former boss, which is uh, uh, a guy called Mick that I worked with for 10 years prior to this. Right. Yeah, so so we decided to, to do it together. I've been very operations in, in terms of, uh, I was always able to kind of, uh, bring the idea into a prototype and, and always done a lot of, uh, uh, design and, and, and different stuff where he's been more in the investor relations, fundraising, networking. Um, so that's kind of, uh, how we, uh, split the roles. We just had one major challenge which was that none of us knew anything about tattoos <laughs> and we wanted to build the biggest <laughs> tattoo site in the world so we knew we needed uh we needed somebody an expert here uh in order for this to 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 really have potential and the only tattoo artist that i knew at that time uh was army james uh who uh starred in in the popular reality show miami inc which uh, was the first of these uh uh tattoo tv shows that came out he's the most famous tattoo artist in the world and at that time which was in 2012 he had around 500,000 followers on facebook which was huge we decided to reach out to him and he just agreed to it immediately uh yes almost so i guess this is this is also the part that uh, a lot of entrepreneur needs where it's kind of luck and timing so it, it turned out that 
I was talking about this and, and a guy that I play football with said, oh, Ami, I have his contact info because he did an appearance in Copenhagen once and my friend worked at the production and was responsible of taking them out. So he had his contact. So that was my in. And I sent him an email and, you know, uh, got ready to follow up uh, in two days later when he haven't replied. But then he replied back in 15 minutes, uh, called me. <laughs> so then I called him and long story short, he made it pretty clear that he wasn't interested in kind of a celebrity stake, which was our idea first. Uh, but he was very uh, curious about the space and saw the potential and he wanted to talk more and join as co-founder so uh we had a few conversations and then he flew to denmark and uh, we founded the company together so as far as i understand tattoo actually has changed quite a bit since it was founded so what was it like uh, when you just uh, started and uh, what is it like now so back when it started it was a crowdsourcing platform for tattoo designs because that was my original idea that if you had this idea for a tattoo, it would be amazing if you could just submit it and have different artists pitch in and then take that design and, and down to the tattoo shop. Uh, however, we found that that wasn't the optimal because these tattoo artists are also artists. So they didn't appreciate as much if you came with a design done. And, and a lot of the designs were done by digital designers, which is not the same as tattoo artists. Yeah, of course. Uh, so there was some challenging, but, uh, and, and then we've been on quite the journey, uh, because, um we started generating a lot of traffic we as a part of an seo strategy we started doing content and doing a, like a blog and article and that just blew uh, blew up and okay. we drew massive traffic and within the first year we had 20 million monthly uniques uh and 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 suddenly that became a thing um so we also kind of have uh, followed that media path and, and and done advertising and branded content uh, this was back when Vice and, and BuzzFeed and Huffington Post were all very hyped. So, so because of that traction we got, we got uh, funding from, from uh, San Francisco based VCs and, and, and that was also with this media uh, direction. Today, uh, we're in the transition of going from being the world's largest community to becoming a booking platform for tattoos. So I'm very happy that the vision is we're actually back to the original uh, idea, which is make it easier to get the right tattoo, make it a little less intimidating and, and, and connect you with the right artist. I just centered around the tattoo design process, but now we're just linking based on when we know what style you're looking for, we can tell you exactly the artist in your area that does this, or maybe you have to travel and, and go here and, and kind of make it uh, a seamless experience. It's not like we have to invent something completely new because we can look at all these great services, uh, booking services that are out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's just been some timing. I, it, it took a while. Like I want to take the credit for, for digitizing the, the tattoo artists, but I think Instagram and, and just smartphone in, in general has really, when, when, when we started out, 
a lot of the artists didn't even have a proper website. So it was completely yeah, fragmented space. Since Instagram has really captured a lot of the artists, tattoos is right. one of their biggest verticals. So today it's just a completely different timing. They are digital and they understand. And now actually Instagram is losing some terrain because, you know, with their algorithm chains, they have to boost in order to get exposure. So, so we can kind of be the professional network for them, focusing on clients instead of just followers and, and likes. We can bring them business. So you got a business model to that? Yes. So currently, um, currently we have a, a subscription model. Uh, so tattoo artists can sign up on, on uh, Tattoo on our pro, uh, where they get premium exposure on the platform and they get a booking functionality. Uh, so people can, can book with them. So I have not uh, seen uh, prices listed on the platform. Is that intentional? There should be prices on the platform. So our pro uh, subscription for artists is $30 per month and for studios it's $80 per month. Right. Now, what I mean is uh, as, as a customer, I just oh, come on the yeah. platform and, and if I want to know like how much uh, each tattoo studio would uh, charge me for a certain tattoo, I can't really see it like uh, from the get-go. No, and that's a really interesting, uh, that's a really good question and something that we, we, we are working on uh, trying to solve. It's, it's very, uh, hidden and it, and, and that's just general for this industry, which is, uh, something we would love to do something about. But the truth is that it's hard to get a list price. It's not like a off the shelf product. Yeah, of course. So, and a lot of questions uh, artists are always laughing about is like, how much is a sleeve, which is questions that they're getting, which is, uh, you, you can understand it on the client side, but it kind of depends if you're a girl with really slim arm or you have a big, uh, uh, arm. So, so, and that, that's just have huge impact on the price in the hours that, 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 um, uh, so you could do something kind of the hour rate, you know, the hour mm -hmm, rate, mm -hmm. which is usually around $150, right. uh, per hour. Um, and then obviously it depends on, on areas. So that's something that we're looking to add, but also we're working on so you as a client can get that price quote. And that's actually something that we're doing now. It's, it's in terms of a conversation where you start. So you have like a digital conversation mm -hmm. through our in-app me messaging. And then the, the, the artist can give you a quote. And that's something that we're constantly improving because a lot of people like you uh, are wondering about, so I'm thinking about getting this, how much would it cost? And, and obviously you can get some, some estimates. So um, we'll add that. Right. So what are your primary markets in terms of geography? So our primary ma market is, um, is the US and the English speaking countries. Right. Our biggest city right now is uh, New York. London and LA, but we are also actually uh, quite big in in South America, Brazil, and have a glo global audience. But um, it's uh, primarily the English speaking countries for now. That's also where what uh, most of our content is in in English. Okay, let's go back to the company. Then, what are your most important metrics? Uh, what are you measuring, and what do they look like for now? Yeah. So recently, uh, we have been in this transition in, in, in focusing on becoming the booking platform. So now we're looking into uh, more traditional, uh, KPIs with the conversion rate, churn rates, sign up. And before it was more on the user growth and the, and the traffic growth. Um, obviously MR, our monthly recurrent revenue. 
are probably the most uh, important KPIs for us now, as well as retention is a key focus for us. So what uh, what are the numbers that you can't disclose at this point? Yeah, no, that's something that we work <laughs> in, internally on, but um, the, um, everything is going in, in the right direction. Uh, we still have a lot of tweaks on the product side, just from going from being more of a Instagram, Pinterest app for tattoos uh, to becoming way closer to the actual booking. So that's kind of the... The transition and, and, and the exercise that we have now is to educate our huge audience uh, in what it is that we want to uh, offer them now. So at this point, and our user base just last year grew with 600%. So we have uh, 7 million uh, registered users, uh, app users at this, this point, 600,000 tattoo artists, registered tattoo artists. Uh, we estimate there's 2.5 million to two artists in the world. So at this point, we have around 25% of the world market signed up on the platform. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We're, uh, we're happy and um, very excited about the next phase for the company. So for you, it's probably a good thing that after a person gets their first tattoo, they are pretty likely to get another one, right? So that your users don't use you just once, but they will just keep kind of going through. and uh... Exactly. And that's one of the... So first of all, it's an, it's an interesting uh, product challenge that uh, a lot of services uh, deals with, which is... If you, because we also see there's high customer loyalty. So when you get your first tattoo, how do you get them to use the platform uh, for their next tattoo? If you already have connected, uh, the True. client and the artist. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's, it's also a lifestyle. So even if you just getting a few tattoos, uh, a year, you can, we can see that, um, our users just visit the platform just to check out the latest inspiration if it's you know uh, uh, reading our articles and watching some of the uh, videos that that we put out again that's also something where we're really focusing on making it more convenient and a more efficient way of having a consultation today it's very you send a reference you have to go back they have to put a stencil on you and 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 sometimes uh, all at once where you have to get tattooed so so you don't really have the time so we've been working on a new AR feature where you can try on your designs and all this work into a flow so you actually offer some tools that that makes it more efficient for both the client and the artist nice is this already live the AR feature uh no it's not uh, live yet we have a uh, AI um that can detect tattoo styles right. Um, which uh, we use to serve you the most relevant tattoo inspiration and and tag um, images that are being uploaded. And then uh, we're working on building this into our next version. And that's started as an experiment and it's actually looking really cool. So, um, But we are constantly iterating on our product and uh, actually we have the next big uh, version coming out here in in short time nice so uh you raised 5.3 million dollars in uh, july was it actually hard to raise money for a tattoo marketplace well um 
Well, so far, it's always hard to, to, to fundraise. I think, you know, if, if people says otherwise, they're probably lying because uh, even if you have a lot of interest and a hype case, uh, it's, it's never easy. Uh, because if it's professional investors, you have the whole due diligence process and everything takes time and it's always a puzzle, puzzle to have things to add up at the end. But, uh, uh, I think this process went uh, fairly smooth and it was backed by all the existing uh, investors, which is obviously a, a strong signal. And we we got some new, uh, really smart investors on board that we're very excited about. I think something that I've heard is that uh, we've probably been the first uh, tattoo marketplace that, that have kind of made it to a lot of these uh, VCs. Uh, but... Um, they're seeing more and more because it's just uh, a market that people, uh, I think, in the past have seen more as a subculture. But yeah, the truth yeah, is, yeah. it's so mainstream. Yeah, it's, it's much more mainstream. It's forty percent of of millennials that are that are tattooed, and it's just booming. It's a fifty billion dollar industry. So you you just uh, you just with like twenty five people here uh, at the office. What do you need so much money for? What are you gonna spend it on? going to spend it on scaling the company to the next level so uh, we are still uh, doing a lot on uh, on the product side uh, some of the features that we talked about before in making this full transition and becoming this booking platform with all the features we're also working on a lot of these uh, SaaS features towards the artist uh, to make their life easier with the calendar the scheduling the payment integrations a lot of this that that's very natural for us to add once they're already using the the, the platform to to get leads um and then uh it's a lot in in our growth in 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 optimizing these funnels from uh the people that 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 signs up um and and getting them into uh yeah uh converting them all the way down getting them to try out our our new uh pro service and making sure that they stay and they're satisfied. Right. This is, a, this is really interesting. Okay, Johan, thank you so much. That was it for my questions. And uh, good luck with uh, Tattoo and uh, see you around soon. Thank you very much. Hello, welcome back to the podcast of TechEU. And it is time for our recommendations of the day. And mine is the recently published book by uh, Mike Isaac, uh, an American journalist, entitled Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber. So I've, I'm not finished with the book yet. I have read about one third of it, I think, probably closer to one half by now. But I can totally recommend it already. So far, it's been a very healthy mix of the story of Uber itself, but also the history of uh, Silicon Valley, which provides very important context for things that happened to the company more recently. It's definitely a must-read for everyone interested in technology and the way how it's intertwined with our lives and the society uh, at large. So I will leave the link in the show notes. Uh, do check out the book if you haven't yet. You will not regret this for sure. Now, Natalie, what did you want to recommend today? And for my recommendation this week, I'm staying on the French theme here, and I'm taking you to the River Seine, where a startup that was conducting some tests and got stopped by the police for speeding. The company here is Sea Bubbles, a company that is usually based in Monaco, but and what they've built is a water taxi that appears to fly above the water using hydrofoils and operating with zero emissions. It is one of the most incredible and beautiful new concepts in transport, in my opinion, and it is a company I've been following for some time now. I included them in TechEU's auto report, which was released last year at the Paris Motor Show. 
generally along the reverse end is the speed limit is about 12 kilometers per hour, but the sea bubbles craft has the permission to go up to 30 kilometers per hour. The police on duty that day just wanted to make sure that everything was in order or possibly to get a look at this new concept in transport. So if you haven't had a chance to see sea bubbles for yourself, you might have a chance quite soon as they are planning to launch their water taxi service in cities in the United States, France, and Holland next year. So look out for that. That's all for me here in Torino, and I'll talk with you next week and really looking forward to joining Andre on the podcast again next week. So I'll see you then. Bye. Thanks, Emilian, Natalie. And that's pretty much it for today's podcast. It's time to wrap it up. Thanks a lot for listening to us today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please tell a friend or colleague about the show and follow our updates on Twitter at tech underscore EU. If you are not a subscriber yet, subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. Audio engineering for this podcast is done by SoundPulse. That's sound-pulse.com. Please feel free to email us with any questions, suggestions, and opinions at andre at tech.eu and Natalie at tech.eu. Natalie, thanks a lot again for the segments you recorded and I do look forward uh, to speaking to you live on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the week and talk to you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.